Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Agile for Humans is brought to you by Audible.com. Get one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland, and Crucial Conversations by Carrie Patterson. Visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash agile to enjoy your free audiobook today. Processes and tools dominate today's agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Agile for Humans. I'm your host, Ryan Ripley. Joining me tonight, I got to say, this is like my new best friend. I, 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 th- I think that's how I'm going to describe that. That is how I will describe the one and only Chris Merman. Chris, my new best friend, how are you, sir? Uh, as, as the great Becky Hartman uh, told us on Twitter earlier uh, from the state of Texas. Um, a heartfelt God bless you, and thank you for having me. <laughs> God bless you too, buddy. I hope uh, <laughs> I hope everything's great for you down in Texas, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to thank Becky for that warm and and wonderful intro. Yeah, well, yes, and um, and those those that are interested can go back on your Twitter timeline and see a picture of me doing the famous East Texas Baptist smile frown. Well, that'll actually be on the post, so listeners, the, the oh my God. famous the the Baptist East Texas. Smile frown will be highlighted on the site. Chris performed it beautifully <laughs> at uh, Agile Coach Camp. It would be a shame not to share it. So it was a it was a good time. You know what? We we actually the first time we'd been bouncing some tweets, and I think we'd shared some messages. But it was the first time we got to meet at Coach Camp. You know what a great site. You know at Spotify to actually get to hang out for a while. I uh, I, I say the same thing with any you know Coach Camp is unique in that it's a it's not a conference, but it's also, you know, it is, but it isn't a conference kind of a thing. And I, I, I say the same thing about regular conferences that 
as much as there's great content being provided at at some awesome conferences around the country, you and I have gotten to go to go and speak at several of them in the last few uh, weeks and whatnot. But um, really, the beauty is like connecting with people. Like, oh my gosh, we've talked online but never met. Um, we've you know we've had conversations like like cool. What's your deal, man? Tell me your story, and you, you find friends in the the craziest places, right? Yeah, totally. This year it was New York, um, and this one, you know, this one was kind of special. And I and I say that because I think you got to meet one of my good friends, Amitai Schleier. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of the listeners are very familiar with Amitai, and I think he put perhaps an idea worm in your head that led to a fascinating post that's getting a lot of traction and comments. Uh, you posted my thoughts on refactoring Agile. I'm wondering if you could walk through first of all what Amitai did to your brain. And then uh, what was the result of, of this, this refactoring idea? Interestingly enough, you know, you, as you and I both know, and many, as, as some of your other listeners know, Amitai is about to have uh, a child come into his, house, uh, into his life. Um, his, his wife will be giving birth soon. And he was, he was talking about this and, and how he, he wasn't going to be able to put content out for, you know, for a while, or I'm not sure how long of a while, but for a while. And, he'd had these thoughts and he didn't really know what to do with them. And, and he, he, he like pulls me aside and he's like, I've got one for you, Chris. He's like, I don't know what you do with this. And I forget who got, he actually got the idea from someone else. I don't even know who it was, but he got the idea from someone else. He said, he said, I'm going to say two words to you and you just do something with it. He said, refactoring agile. What does that mean to you? And I just kind of laughed it off because I, I, we were, you know, it was social hour and we were just kind of shooting the breeze and stuff. I didn't really think about it. And on the, actually on the flight home from New York, I kind of was like, what does that mean? And I, you know, since I, it had like three hours to burn from New York to, to Dallas, I decided to pull my laptop out. And I just, as many of us do, just kind of freeform wrote some ideas out. And interestingly enough, I think you were in this session, Bob Galen led a session on walking the, walking the talk. Is that what he called it? Yeah, it is. Okay. So Bob did this session on walking the talk and we were talking about like, okay, we talk a lot about things, but how do we stop yakking and start doing? I thought that was just such that that was probably my favorite line that I heard from the whole, whole weekend at Spotify was stop yakking and start doing. Um, and we talked about what did that mean? My friend Pradeepa, who's also a, a Dallas native or actually she's not native, but she lives there now. She said that one of the things that she likes to ask others to do is what are the things that you believe most strongly in and challenge them. And so I thought, well, if I'm refactoring agile, what, what would I do? Because I'm not a developer. I admit that in the post, um, I've never written a line of code. I, I do, I did early on in my QA career, get a little bit of Unix and SQL training, which is probably woefully out of date. I can't write a join statement to save my life. I thought, well, I do know what refactoring is because I heard developers talk about it over the years. And, and I even went to look up the definition, which refactoring is not in the dictionary. It's actually, there's a Wikipedia entrance, but there's not a, there's not a definition in the, um, and it really is taking, you know, taking the, the underneath guts of something, right? You don't want the outside to be any different at all, but you want the inside to kind of be a little different, be more lightweight. Um, be better, but still look the same on the outside. Because a lot of the times we, we, you and I know, both know is that there are successes on agile projects. We've seen agile work, but when you dig below the surface, there's a lot of, 
I, I mentioned this to you earlier. There's a lot of agile nerd on nerd crime, right? Where there's a lot of, there's a lot of nerd offs and agile about you're not doing it this way. You're not doing it right that way. No scaling's the thing. No, there's too many certs. There's not enough. No, we need a, we need a, we need a, uh, a recognized coaching cert. Now we need, we need order to things. No, we don't need order to things. You know what I mean? So like, we're not, we're, we're, we're turning underneath um, and it's actually creating, it, it, I don't know. Do you think we're doing more harm than good by having these conversations? No, well, I think the arguments have to stop. I, I, I really want to see, here's my problem with the arguments is that we're all coaches and we're all supposed to have read <clears throat> crucial conversations. We're all supposed to understand negotiation. We're all supposed to understand yes. And, and win, win, win type situations. And yet we are openly fighting about the most mm-hmm. minute um, nuanced, agile concepts, and we're doing it in public, and we're doing it in a way that's actually turning people off uh, from from agile as a whole. Even though we're off in a very small corner talking about some nuanced thing that I, only a handful of people actually really care about, or can even tell the difference between, right? Exactly. You know, it, it's one of those where, yeah, I agree. I, I think some of these fights have have really gotten out of hand, uh, but in in other senses, I think there are a few that we need to fight. And, um, you know, I, I, scaling is one that I'm happy to jump into the foray on, uh, especially when I'm seeing, for lack of a better term, snake oil in the industry. Right? I think that's an area that's, that has, that leaves companies pretty vulnerable. But some of these other ones, like, you know, even, I love the no estimates discussion, but to argue about such a, um, so first of all, this is an advanced agile concept. It can only live in an agile context, but to argue about it with people that are not living in an agile context or have no clue what that looks like. I mean, that's just been a ridiculous waste of my own time, especially on Twitter and at certain conferences. I mean, those kind of things, I think we just have to step away from. Sure. I, I, uh, I, for, I, for a while, um, going back to the whole scaling conversation, I used to, I used to poke jokes at it and I will probably get, um, get, uh, a few jokes pointed my direction for saying this, but I'm signed up for a safe class that's in a few weeks. I, um, I have a client that, um, that's gonna, that's, that's actually uses some of the concepts. They don't use all of it, which I'm finding more and more that safe clients or safe companies use concepts of it. They may not necessarily use all of it. And, I'd like to be more informed about having the conversation. And someone challenged me a few months ago. They said, you know what? I would, I would be more apt to listening to you, to your conversations about safe after you've taken the class. I'm not saying I'm going to actually take the cert test. I don't know that I, I don't, I don't know, but Hey, if you're, if you're going to be in the class and you get to take the test for free as a result of it, like what's really the harm in it? I don't, I, I don't, I think that you, what you said is absolutely right. Like, can I have a decent enough sense of humor about, of myself? Can I not take myself too seriously? Which really in the end is what the end is, what the heart of this post that I wrote was about was sure. like, do is, is, am I so serious? Do I take myself so seriously that maybe that I can't, I can't go, I don't know. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe there is an it depends, and maybe I can actually start with it depends and really 
really truly mean it because we say it depends a lot, but we really don't mean it, right? I mean, how many times have you heard someone say that at a conference when you know they're about to, whether they're about to push their book or they're about to push this framework or they're about to push this thing, right? Yeah, I actually, and that happens for me when I when I feel the urge to say it depends. I question why I'm hesitant to give an answer, and mm-hmm. I and I and I've I've gotten to where like I'll make silly statements like I have throughout this entire episode that will come back to bite me. But I I feel like if we're not truthful, uh, if we don't say what we're thinking and what we're how we feel about a topic, I think we're just being dishonest. And so my goal from from a certain point you know, from a number of years ago has just been to be authentic. And and sometimes there are situations where you don't have enough information, you don't have the context, and it depends is entirely appropriate because mm-hmm. you don't want to give bad advice. But when you know deep down uh, there's an answer that someone may not want to hear, but you, you whip out the it depends answer, I think you're losing authenticity. And I think people know that. I think they can sense it uh, when, you, when you've dodged something that should have an answer, especially given, you know, our situation where we're giving a talk. So I have tried to shy away from that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I had a there was a VP of product at a at a client that I worked with um, in the past year, and she um, she pulled me aside and said, "Hey, Chris, um, I'd like to talk about I'd like to talk about some training or some um, some lunch and learns, just some some topics that you want to do." And she said, and and I kind of was listening, and I was kind of getting ready for an answer, and she said. And I know, Chris, that the first two words out of your mouth are going are gonna to be, it depends. But I really want to challenge you. I don't want you to ask me what I want to do. I'd really like a recommendation. So I'd really like, before you say anything, I really would, I really would challenge you to think about, you've spent enough time with us. You, and I'd spent six, six, eight weeks with her by this time, point in time. You've spent time with us. Really think about us and and put yourself out there. Give us your recommendation. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hit you or throw something at you if you say something I don't want. If you recommend something and I'm not in favor of it, I'll say, maybe not. Or And I said, well, and, and I kind of listened to her and I said, well, that's a great, that's great feedback. What if I, what if I gave you my top three? or top five. And I'd say, these are things that I think that should be at the top of your list. And I'll let you pick, and, and, and why don't you pick of those top five? And she said, great, because, but that's what we do. And I think if we, if we don't really start putting our stamp on things, um, then maybe we might, that's a really great point, Ryan. I hadn't really, the way you put it was actually really uh, uh, it crystallizes some of maybe what our clients are feeling and what our, the companies that we're working for are feeling is like, man, we know the answer they're going to give. Um, and it's not an answer, right? We, we've, we've been giving non-answer answers for so long. Maybe we actually need to just start giving answers and just be done with it. I'm trying to remember who brought this up, but I mean, the, the coaching industry as a whole, or at least some of the coaching that I've seen. And I think, um, you know, you even question coaching is as relative as being agile. We're not going to be able to powerfully question our way to delivery. At some point, we're going to have to put a stake in, in the ground and say, this is what we we could be doing to get better at delivering software. Let's try this. Instead of just, it depends, and hand-waving, and powerful questions, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
I, I, I actually, we'll probably get to this here in a minute, but I, in my, my most recent blog post, I talk, I use the phrase, um, I talk about agile jazz hands. Um, and <laughs> we, um, you know, jazz hands is something for, I don't know how long you've been a, a consultant, but I've done many, many types of different consulting in my career over the last five years. And, uh, it's really jazz hands is kind of what you do when you don't know what to say. And so the client kind of catches you off guard with something or, uh, you get questioned, you're not really ready for it. And I think often we, you know, coaches, they're either, they're either scrum masters or product owners or scrum masters and product owners that have kind of done enough times where they get asked to do some coaching or they apply for a coaching job and they get it because let's be honest, like everybody's hiring coaches these days. And so you stand in front of there and you get ready to do your thing. And then you get thrown a question that you don't, you aren't ready for. And you're like, uh, it depends, right? We throw up the jazz hands to try to distract from the fact that we really don't know what we're talking about yet. And let's be honest, our clients can see that or our, or our leadership at the companies we work at, if we're not consultants, maybe we're internal, right? They can tell we don't know what we're talking about. And so immediately they, they discount what we're saying for the rest of the time, right? Oh, I, I agree. It's one of those where they know when people, I think people deep down know when they're being treated unfairly. And I think when a coach is not giving an honest, authentic answer to an honest and authentic question, people deep down can, can recognize that. And I think it just destroys that whole relationship. And, and it takes time to rebuild that trust. It's just something that I think holds a lot of people back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's, Sorry, those, it's, but it's also why I, I'm a very big fan of Bob Galen. You know, you brought him up as, as part of this discussion uh, and his, and his topic, you know, he's, I mean, his, his comment is just, is brilliant. The let's stop yakking and start doing. I, I think he's totally right. You know, Bob has taken a position that, that isn't, you know, it isn't popular in, in all circles of our community where he believes in prescriptive coaching, especially for newer teams. And he, mm-hmm. he believes in um, a coach taking a stand and, and you know, at, at some point saying no to teams and, and really taking a more authoritative view in, in very specific and certain situations. And I think he's absolutely, absolutely right. You know, if yeah. we actually, if we have the experience, you know, I've worked as a, as a developer, a project manager, an analyst, uh, a manager, a director, you know, we're supposed to bring backgrounds like that to the forefront and to our clients. And when we know that something, it's one thing to let a team fail or to let a team learn a difficult lesson that you think is going to let them grow and, and be better off down, down the line. It's another thing to let them die in a car fire after you let the car go off the the cliff and blows up at the bottom of the ravine, like that's foolish. And and to not say no and to not stop some of those things, I mean, it's just, we have to do that. We have to stop yakking at certain points. We have to stop saying the it's depends, roll up our sleeves and and get to work. I I couldn't agree more. And I want to pause here because we we brought up Bob's name again. Um, we, We go to conferences and we hear keynotes from people, right? You know, we hear, and I don't want to call anyone anyone's name out because I, I think that the keynote speakers of our generation are are, are really amazing. Uh, just in the past year, I've I've gotten to 
uh, attend some conferences that have um, have really blown my mind just from a keynote aspect. I'm 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 so thankful um, for that. But they're peers of Bob, and Bob is showing up to Coach Camp. Right? Bob is showing up to. He is actually, he's showing up and doing these smaller, he's instead, you know, Bob's gotten to keynote some places and Bob's gotten to speak at some really cool conferences, but you know what else he's doing? He's showing up and he's doing the work, right? He's not yeah. just going from, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with getting keynotes. And I, and I say that as someone who's never been invited to keynote at a conference. And, and if I'm ever fortunate enough to do that, I, I will be thankful and, and also be, uh, and, and probably, uh, in a way feel sorry. I'll, I will say like, wait, who said no to you before you came to me? Right. Like I, I'm, I'm just me. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not at that level kind of a thing, but like Bob shows up and does the work and actually walks with people like you and me and says, no, I care about you and what you're doing. And I want to walk you like he is a legit luminary in this industry and I, I, I love him for the fact that he shows up to Coach Camp and says, hey, I, maybe you can learn something. Maybe I can learn something from you. He, he showed up to a session that I facilitated there at Coach Camp and was like, I really appreciated what you said. That's awesome. We need more luminaries to show up to Coach Camp or, or actually say like, hey, instead of just keynoting this thing and then like kind of walking around and like signing autographs kind of a thing. I actually want to sit in coach's corner and actually mentor people and walk with people and talk with people and help. We need more people like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I, I value and cherish the time I get with Bob every year. We, uh, we run into each other at most of the, the tech wall events. Uh, Bob's actually a, a, a keynote at, he was a keynote at star East. I think he's doing the agile dev West. I mean, he's, he is a legit keynoter. He's written one of the top, product owner books on the market i think between bob and and jeff watts they've covered that role completely and have just given people a a beautiful guide to how to just knock the knock that role out of the park um he's he's doing the leadership summit at techwell this year i mean he'll be in front of the business leaders of our of our world speaking about i mean he is he's at the top and and like you said he's hanging out with us at, at coach camp he's mentoring like he's leading these sessions about uh, coaches eating their own dog food and walking the walk, and and really laying down important messages for you know guys like you and I, Chris, some newer coaches, some older coaches, um, and just taking a true interest in the community. So I, I I couldn't agree more. He's he's one of the great ones. You know I feel that same way about uh, the Josh Karievskis of the world who will will talk to people at, at conferences after he gives a major keynote. Uh, you know, our, our, our friends, you know, you got Tim Oninger, who's keynoting Big Apple Scrum Day. And then he's also at Coach Camp, mentoring and working with people. Yeah. I, I mean, there's just so many, and there's so many more that I haven't mentioned. Esther Derby is a is, is a regular attendee of uh, Coach Camps. She's also one of the top minds in our community. So there are these great people out there. Uh, Woody Zool is another one who, if you approach him at a conference, I mean, Woody is a is at the top of our field. He's a, a big thing. Right. He's chasing big ideas. But if you stop and ask him to talk, he'll, he will spend the time with you uh, and, and answer your questions and, and help you understand some of the things that he's talking about. But he also learns from you. And it, it's just this great. And there's so many more that you know, yeah. if, I, if I haven't named so many other friends of the show, uh, I apologize. I mean, there's just so many people out there like the, the Bobs of the world that are contributing back and helping us 
challenge a lot of these assumptions. You know, Bob yeah. is the one that really challenges this whole is coaching relative. Are we are we walking our walk? Are we are we eating our dog food? And I think his answer was no, but here's how we can. And, right. and, I, and I think it's just so crucially important that, that, that people like Bob at the top are challenging our thinking as well. So I, I think you make a great point there. And, and like, I, I totally agree. He's, he is certainly one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite, um, since you brought her name up, I, uh, I, I will always remember this. So I, I got to my very first time to speak at, at, at an Agile Alliance conference last year. And, um, I, um, so you, you, you met me, you met me without hair, but people like our friend, Allison Pollard, um, <laughs> she knew me when I still had hair and, uh, and I, my Twitter, my Twitter picture, my Twitter avatar for the longest time, um, still had me with hair because I'm a, I'm a vain SOB and I don't know, I don't know when to admit that I'm just a bald man now. Um, and so I'm, I walk up at, at, I'm walking around at, at, uh, at the, the floor of, of the Agile Alliance Conference, which I'm, I'm, I know you were there as well, but I don't think we were familiar with each other at that point in time. Um, and I'm walking around and I see Esther and I go, oh, I have to go introduce myself. And I just said, hey, like, hey, Esther, um, uh, we've never met before, but I've always admired your work. I don't want to seem like a fanboy, but I just want to thank you for um, all that you do for the community. And she, she, she did not look down. You know how, you know, when you're at a conference and the person looks down and sees the name first um, yeah. to, to kind of gauge, like, do I know this person? She did not do anything. She looked straight into my eyes and said, you've, you've changed your hair from what I see on, uh, on Twitter, Chris. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, really? Like, it, 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 it humbles you, but like, there's the real, there's actually real people in our community. And that's not to say that there's fake people. I mean, there, there's people that there's people that there's, there's probably fake people that, that are, um, all, all around us. Hell, I'm probably fake half the time. I, I don't, hopefully I don't, I don't come across that. If any of you meet me at a conference, um, hopefully you, um, hopefully you want to be BFF like Ryan here with me, but, um, you know, there's real, there's real people in our community and those are the people that you should actually read and watch and follow are the ones that stop and say, you changed your hair from what I see online, Chris. Like that's, that's, that's the, I think that's probably, that probably is the, the, I guess that probably wraps the bow in this conversation better than anything is there's real people and you should find them. And, and I, I hopefully, hopefully people will consider me on that, on that list. Yeah. I, it, it, and it's from the top down. And that's the part I find just so impressive and so different. It's that, you know, when I wanted to to write and and get better at writing, I sought out Johanna Rothman, and, and she she's become a great mentor to me in writing uh, about agile topics. And and she's pro a prolific author, has written many excellent agile books, but you know didn't didn't see who I was. Didn't she just wanted to see the work? You know, what does yeah. your writing look like? And then yeah. we went from there, and it's just been a, a great a great experience. So I, 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 it's just one of those fun things about our community. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, Merman and I, we're, we're, we're mid journey on our agile careers. You know, we're not, we're not at that, that top echelon by any stretch. We're still learning as we're going. All of you are our peers. And so it's really, it's a lot of fun when people come up and say, Hey, that episode really made me mad or, 
or that episode is really great. I, I took that back to my team or and everything in between. And I think we both enjoy that kind of feedback because we're agilists. We want short feedback loops. We want to know what's hitting and what's missing and how to make the product, in this case, our podcast better. And so those 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 comments, those questions, those challenges, those those hurts or hangups that we caused, all of those things are great pieces of feedback that that I think we want. Yeah, and I, I want to yes, Andrew, but I also want to I also want to maybe tweak what you said just to a small degree because um, even what you just said right now, maybe for the person that's not quote unquote midstream in their in their journey, like mid journey, like oh yeah, I, I I don't even know that I'm even mid journey, right? Like I I. I, I find, I think that I have a lot of the, the, the agile jobs that I've had and a lot of the successes that I've had, I kind of maybe just said yes to the thing that, that maybe some people didn't like, I don't even like, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, this is going to sound like I'm blowing smoke or whatever, but like, I haven't, I don't host a podcast that I've done like, I don't even know how many episodes you've done, 20, 60, 70, 8,000. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, maybe people were introduced to you, Ryan, um, through your podcast. I'll tell everybody right here, right now, I was introduced to Ryan at Coach Camp as, hey, do you know Ryan? He hosts Agile for Human. <laughs> tell me if I'm making this up, Ryan. I said, what's that? Yeah, exactly. I and that was humbling for me. <laughs> I, I and but that's just because I don't listen to agile podcasts. I, no, no, no. It was a great. It was a great intro, and it, and it it went just fine. Yeah, I like I the podcasts that I listen to are like about um, about pop culture or about right. technology or um, or if you know it'd be like if it'd be like if. I don't know if you know who this is, but it'd be like if you were introduced to Leo Laporte and you're like, Oh, cool. What do you do? Right? Like, or, <laughs> or Bill Simmons, for those of you yep. that really like sports or, or, or anybody else, you know, yeah, you, you have don't, com don't compare me to those people. Those guys are huge. Whatever, whatever. Ryan, you have a very, like for, for our community, you have a very successful podcast. Many, many, many people listen to you. I just don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm more of a writer. Like I'm a trained print journalist. I, I, I got my start into writing first. Um, and so there may be people that, that listen to me on a podcast that are like, yeah, I read his writing. Or maybe they're like, Merman has a blog. Like I just thought he was a, like a gas bag that just showed up to conferences and, and jumped around and said the F word a lot. Right. Like <laughs> I, like there, the, whatever, who are, however you're introduced to someone, if you find out like, Oh wow. Like they have a thing. I, I, uh, I, I, I literally was introduced to you and Amitai and they're like, wait, you don't know who these dudes are. And I'm like, no, no, that wasn't me. I didn't say, wait, you don't know no, who I am. No, no, I no, want no, that no. to be clear. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Other people, <laughs> said, this. Other people said this. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like someone saying, what's a manifesto signer, right? Like, all right, all right, all right, my, all right, all right. My, but my, 
you know, my girlfriend doesn't know what the Agile Manifesto is, right? So if I introduce her to, you know, if I introduce her to, you know, to, to Jim Ismith or, to, um, you know, or, or how many times, I, I mean, there's, there's no shame in doing this. How many times have you been, has someone said to you, wait, you didn't know, you didn't know that they signed the manifesto? Oh, sure. sure. Right? There's 17 of them. How are you supposed to remember all of their names, right? And, right. and frankly, some of them would say, eh, it's okay. I, I'm not one of the big ones, right? I'm not Martin Fowler, right? Or, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't invent Scrum, right? Like, I, I'm not one of those two dudes. Uh, you know, and and for those you, you brought up the the Agile Uprising podcast, uh, some of um, James Gifford and Ryan Lockhart and some of these other folks, they actually took on a very audacious attempt to interview all 17 of them. And uh, I was chatting with Lockhart the other day and he's like, hey, this podcast is about to drop. And I was like, cool, who's that? And he's like, What? Like, you don't know who that is. Um, and also, those people that are interviewing the manifesto signers, those people, they'll say, um, um, I mentioned Martin Fowler. Uh, he, he, actually, he actually said, you know, there's many people that weren't there that deserve to be there, right? Like, uh, um, but Rebecca Werfs, there's another name in there, um, object or the, the, the woman that basically invented object oriented programming or, or some of the other amazing women in our community that just didn't happen to be in snowbird, but darn well should have been because there should be female manifesto signers, right? They're not just, you know, white dudes. That's, you know? that's the part of our, our community too, that it's just growing. There's a lot of us there. There's people that, and that's the fun part too. We meet new people every day and we yeah. learn about new people every day. Uh, we got to meet at Coach Camp. I'm sure there's there's plenty more people we're going to meet as we we bounce through the conference circuit this year, and and that's the fun part of it. It's just it's it's such everyone's we're, we're all peers. We're all uh, looking to learn from each other. Uh, whether you're a signer of the manifesto or you just uh, worked on your first agile project, I mean it's it's just a great open type of community where I hope we're able to challenge a lot more of these ideas that you've teed up in this post. Yeah. And that, and that's getting back to, yeah, the, the real point of that post was not to challenge cert and it was not to challenge um, scaling and it was not to challenge the meant the idea of coaching. Um, it was actually to say, these are things that I thought were always true and maybe they aren't right. There are things that you think, not you, Ryan, but you, the listener, there are things that you think there's no way that that could be wrong or that there's no way that, that the other side of this argument is true. There is actually a reason. There, there is actually a scenario where it actually could be true, right? The other side. Totally. You know? And I think that's interesting and important to explore. You know, we understanding why we believe the things we believe is is critical to growth. It's critical to in, internalizing these ideas. And I think it's how you move through, you know, if you believe in the Shu Hari model, I think it's that, that stepping from Shu to Ha is how you, it's, it's when you start inspecting and adapting your thoughts about the things that you actually believe. And I, I think it's an important growth step. 
I did actually, before we started, I, I want to give you a lightning round, though. I, I tweeted out that I'd be talking to Chris Merman. I tagged a few people. Some questions have <laughs> some questions have come in. Yes. So, Michael Michaela, I think you know Michael. Yeah. Uh, his first question is about your wardrobe. He believes you have, or he, so he, what his question is, uh, he says that Chris believes that he has good taste. Please discuss. Yeah. 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 So you're comfortable with your wardrobe? I'm, I'm very comfortable with my wardrobe. I, um, I, uh, um, for those that, that, uh, that know me know that I became single in the last year. And, uh, um, when I looked inside my closet, I was like, Oh, I, I would not date me if I was looking at this. It was, <laughs> I, at that point in time, I shopped off the, uh, off the sale rack of old Navy. And for those of you that shop there, there is no shame in that. Um, but I thought I would not date me looking like this. So I had, to. Uh, I had to, to kind of update my wardrobe. I had to join a few. Uh, I had to join a few. Um, join a few mailing. You know. Uh, you know those uh, those online clubs where they just send you stuff in the mail. Uh, yeah. I had to. I had to get updated. And 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 Mike. Um, you know, he's a little jealous because he's been married a long time, and he, <laughs> as as he and I split a room at Agile and Beyond. I said I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that it was possible to um, to think one was stylish and still dress like a 2006 J. Crew ad. <laughs> All right, so Michael, thank you for that question. I yeah. hope you enjoyed that answer. Chris is uh, part of the Agile Uprising Uprising group. He's on the board now, I believe, uh, participating in that podcast as well. Great, great podcast. They, as Chris mentioned, they went through and did. Uh, a project where they tried to get all 17 manifesto signers to come on the podcast. I think there's two more to go. Yeah. Uh, really fascinating project. You learn a lot of inside baseball about the manifesto. They've posted some original notes that were written during the sessions. There's a lot of great artifacts that they've uncovered. Uh, the Agile Uprising crew is doing a great job. We'll get links to all of that in the show notes. Another question that's come in from, uh, from your friend Troy with the Agile Uprising, uh, ask him, What's the thing he wish he knew when he first started that he knows now? That when you first show up uh, with a team, um, regardless of whatever your role is, um, uh, please don't tell them what to do right away or, or try to implement something across the board. Um, I thought that when, when you got handed uh, the keys to a team or to a group of teams and said, do what you will with them, I thought, cool, everybody sit down. Um, we're going to spend two hours where I run you through everything that we're going to do before I ask you a single question or, or, or get a single um, thought from you on, on how things go. You're just going to hear from me what we're going to do. Um, that was probably one of the dumbest things I've ever done, and I will never do it again. Very good. So finally, Allison Pollard, so a, a good friend of the show, she actually recorded with us at Agile Indie. <clears throat> That'll be out soon. I know a very good friend of yours as well, Chris. She just made a comment that you've had an amazing journey in the last year and a half or so. Do you have just any any quick comments about that? Um, that's probably. Or, or how about this? How's the yeah. journey going? Oh, um, how's the? That's an even better question. See, you do. You are a professional podcaster at this point in time. Um, <laughs> I um, I would say that the journey is. Uh, always ongoing. Um, it's um, the last year and a half of my life has been um, 
um, been really, really exciting. I've gotten to speak at a lot of podcast, uh, a lot of not podcast, uh, at a lot of conferences. Um, uh, Allison, I wrote a, I wrote a, a blog post uh, at the beginning of this year. It was kind of my year in review last year, which is basically what I learned from speaking at you know what seemed like a billion conferences, which it wasn't that many. I was actually eight last year, and um, I've learned a lot. Um, and, um, personally is also a really challenging year for me in the last year and a half, but, um, man, it sure is rewarding when you're vulnerable with people and, um, you let people just love on you during the process. Uh, and, and that's, that's great to hear that, uh, the, the last year and a half is, is start is looking positive for you. I know that, uh, some of those personal things are, are challenging and it, it's just great to hear that you're coming through those pretty well. Um, so at this point, normally I open it up to a promotion opportunity. The, the, greatest, the greatest way that I could encapsulate what we're saying is that um, when, I, um, when I first, um, when I, I'm, I'm a former thought worker, and when I first joined ThoughtWorks, the, the, the advice that I was given was, is we don't care if you have opinions, we just care that you have them. We don't care what your opinion is. We just care that you have them, right? Yeah. And that's what we need to do. And and also, it needs to be okay that it's different from yours. Right? I mean, I just want us to have them and love each other through the process. We really need to have empathy for each other and, and the situations that we have when we bring them in. Um, and it's okay that you disagree with me. Or it's okay that you agree with me. But when you yeah, find I some, think that's a yeah, that's a great way to put it, man. I think yeah. it's one of those where we're opinionated fellows. Uh, we shared these opinions. I hope the listeners engage with us. I hope all of you out there listening, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, you know, fire some messages into the blog site. Hit us up on Twitter. Would love to continue that conversation. I think it's yeah. important that we do it in in a a loving, respectful way with a lot of empathy towards both sides. But I I think this is important for. We have to be able to do this in order to inspect and adapt our own practices, thoughts, opinions, and move forward, right? Yeah, that's how the manifesto was created, damn it, right? Like by it, this, you know, Snow, what happened in Snowbird wasn't 17 people that said, well, we clearly agree with each other already. Let's just write it down. Like, that's not what happened. They spent three days. They threw things against the wall. They let some things fall. They let some things stay. They argued. They will all admit that. They still don't all agree, and that's okay. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we disagree. It matters that we work together and that we let each other evolve and grow together, right? Regardless of whether the manifesto stays the same or it changes in a few years, right? It doesn't matter. It just matters that we talk about it and that we understand that we all have different opinions and that healthy friction makes our community better, right? I could not have said it better, Chris. And so with that excellent wrap-up, the floor is yours. So anything you want to promote, anything you have going on, if you want to tell the listeners more about Agile Uprising, uh, any of those things are, are great, uh, especially how people can continue the conversation with you. So Twitter handle, website, all of those things are fair game. Uh, floor is yours. Promote away. So uh, thank you. Um, I, would, uh, I, would, I would first like to thank you, Ryan, for... Um, um, just for, uh, being the kind of person that, um, that engages, I, uh, I'm very thankful for the relationship that we have and continue to grow. 
Um, at Chris Merman, M-U-R-M-A-N is how you can find me. If you put those, if you take the at symbol off and put .com at the end, that's my website, which is where you can find this blog post, my thoughts on refactoring Agile, as well as some other amazing things um, that Ryan and I were actually planning on talking about, but we didn't get a chance to. Um, maybe we'll talk about some other posts again someday. Um, uh, you can also um, find me. I'll be, if you do want to talk to me in person, I will be at the Agile Alliance Conference in Orlando in August. And um, uh, I'm a, uh, as a native Texan, if you're ever in Dallas, hit me up. Man, let's jam. Oh, definitely. And Chris, we'll definitely have you back to talk about some of your other posts. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting that we didn't get to it. I think that's just a good sign that uh, there was a lot of meat to your first post, and I can't wait to talk about your future ones. So we'll definitely uh, have to get you back on the show at a more regular cadence so we can keep these conversations going. Yes. Oh, and the last thing, um, the Agile Uprising um, Coalition. Um, it's a website where we're actually trying to change the conversation about Agile. Um, just look us up online, um, and um, any of those things are great. Yep, we'll get uh, links to all of that in the show notes so that people can find Agile Uprising, the podcast, the community. A lot of great stuff going on over there. Uh, please do check it out. Uh, as for me, your host, Ryan Ripley, I, mean, I, I will also be at the Big Agile Conference this year in Orlando. So come find Chris and I. Uh, we're more than happy to sit down, you know, grab a drink, talk uh, about these topics and many other things. Uh, you can get Tim to, to show you the uh, the East Texas Baptist uh, smile frown. That's right. Bald men are sexy. Is a, it is a work of art. It is a <laughs> it's performance art at its finest. Uh, <laughs> so please do uh, find us at the Big Agile Conference. I'm speaking at uh, Agile Dev East and Agile Dev West. So I'll be in Vegas in June. Uh, Orlando, I think, is November. So I will be out and about. Uh, uh, but otherwise, you know... I say it at the end of every episode, but it's just because it's just amazing to watch. You know, the download numbers keep jumping up. Uh, you guys are sharing the show. I really appreciate that. That is the, you know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, how can we support the show? You know, what can we do for you? You know, do you, are you going to do Patreon or, you know, we're working on those things and taking a look at, at what makes sense. But the single best thing that all of you out there, if you're, if you want to support the show and help it grow, share it with your friends. You know, send a tweet out. Hey, I listened to this episode with, with Merman, and it was great. Dropped a lot of insights. I think you'd like it, too. And uh, that does so much more for the show than, than most everything else. So uh, for those of you that have asked how to support it, I thank you so much. It's incredibly humbling that you want to be supportive and, and keep this show going. Uh, for those of you who have, have been curious about it, that is the single best way. And, and I just love seeing those tweets come through. It's always appreciated, and uh, it is just a great way to help out. So. With that said, Chris, thanks for being on the show. Uh, looking forward to many future episodes where we can uh, dig through many of these difficult Agile topics and hopefully come out the other end uh, relatively unscathed. But uh, with that <laughs> said, I'm your host, Ryan Ripley. Just want to say thank you for being out there. Thank you for listening. And everyone, have a great night. Thanks for listening to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. 
Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and scrum on.